everybody. Well, Welcome back. <laughs> I saw Graham start to open up his hands like getting ready to talk, but I kind of just slipped right in there and yeah, got there early. Sneaky guy. Sneaky. Sneaky. <laughs> Uh, yeah, welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. Uh, we're excited again to talk today about some fun topics. But before we begin, we wanted to plug something that we've been meaning to do, which is like an AMA, ask us anything, or ask me anything, or it'd be an AUA, but it's Whatever. fine. We're doing it in AUA, I guess. You could ask us anything. Uh, we have an email set up, uh, blindconfidencepod at gmail.com again blindconfidencepod at gmail.com you can also just like instagram dm us the questions uh but also if you go to our instagram you click on contact us then you can find the email there we'll leave it in the description though but what we're hoping is that if you all have questions whether you know us really well or you don't know us at all however you want to communicate those is cool but we want to maybe take the time to talk through what people are interested in hearing about and we'll try our best to not shit on whoever asked the questions and not shit on the questions either you can say leave it anonymous how about that yeah but they're gonna send us either a dm or an email well like we won't expose oh yeah we're not gonna expose who it is but like Uh, oh you know like someone writes a question that's like you know like not a good way to put it then like we're gonna have to banter with yes we will have the banter if you write a if you write a rude question that will definitely banter with it but like but yeah we will answer it regardless i would even be if shocked true. if someone listening to the podcast that would be shows, unbelievably that would that would be the that'd be the oblivious like idiot that we want to get on to ask us the dumb questions i actually think i met that oblivious but <laughs> <laughs> you met someone perfect for the role yeah i i can't I don't want to share the story on here because then I'm thinking to know who it is. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. But you think you have a prospect. <laughs> yeah, I got a prospect. <laughs> 20 bucks in a, a six-pack of beer gets them on the pod. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I will tell you this so that we can figure out if I'm going to keep it up. And I pull my phone. And he's like, oh, dude, like, the fuck's – like, you, your font is so huge on your phone. And I was like – yeah, and then he goes, "Dude, I really love your podcast, by the way." <laughs> I was like, "Are you wait, serious?" Wait, wait, can you just go back and share that story? Yeah. All right, guys, this is a this is gonna be an exciting episode because you're gonna listen to Ethan uh, because he's got a great big story for us that he hasn't told me yet. Um, so I'll, I'll be listening along for the first time in the podcast. Uh, yeah, Ethan, take it away. For sure. Today we're gonna we're gonna talk about religion a little bit, and I know that's kind of a dicey topic sometimes people are all different all different parts of the uh religious spectrum but to take you back a little bit in my life growing up i grew up in a a jewish household Um, i'd say my parents were like you know decently jewish like i i I definitely like followed the holiday traditions i went to temple i'd say like maybe every other week or so uh with my family Uh, we don't wear like yarmulkes like on our head or or like you know we're not like super super religious where we like follow like kosher at home but we don't really eat pork at my house like we were like decently religious enough for for american jews we were relatively religious and we were conservative for those jewish people out there that know what that means uh i went to a conservative temple growing up and like honestly like when i was a kid like judaism was like a decent part of my identity and i uh was you know Going, going to Hebrew school, and my Hebrew school is like three days per week for like two hours. So on like Mondays, Wednesdays, and Sundays, I would go for two hours to go to Hebrew school, which again, that's like a lot of time. That's a big commitment. When you're a kid, you don't, you don't really love Hebrew school most of the time, but 
I, I think I like tried to make the most of it and I guess found different parts of it that were like decent. And, and I, I was definitely like in touch with being a Jewish person, maybe not being a religious person, but like being Jewish and being secularly Jewish, especially. Yeah. If you're familiar with yeah. being secularly Jewish. No, but you know. It's like know. the culture and the people okay, yeah, I associate yeah. with a lot, but maybe not like pure religion. Yeah, but yeah. when I was younger, I would say I associated more with the religion than I do now. When you turn 13 in the Jewish faith, you have a bar mitzvah, which is like, you know, you become a man in the Jewish faith. I don't know if you have any thoughts on becoming a man at 13, but <laughs> I certainly don't think I was at the time. But it's a, it's a, yeah. huge, uh, it's a huge stepping stone in, in a person's life where I know like, for those who have been to a bar mitzvah, like it's a, a big party and it's a big celebration, really fun. Yeah. But also with all these great things that come with a bar mitzvah, you read Torah for the first time. And so like the Torah is like the like religious book in Judaism and on your bar mitzvah, you get to read Torah for the first time. And for someone who grew up like relatively religious and went to Hebrew school, like this is like a big deal. Like you only get the party and the fun stuff if you like do the work, you learn your Torah portion, which is like that week's reading from the Torah. And at my temple, it requires you to learn all the other prayers and lead the whole service too. Wow. And it was like a lot of commitment. That's a big like, commitment. Like there was a lot to learn, a lot of, a lot of prayers. And all my time through like Hebrew school, like I'd say my visual impairment was like a very small piece of it, right? Like I didn't like try too hard in Hebrew school, let's say. It wasn't like regular school in that sense. Fair enough. But I like enjoyed it. And a lot of it was like story-based and I felt like I was like engaging that way. But nonetheless, uh, I took my bar mitzvah very seriously and as did my parents and it was like a very like exciting opportunity and I like was excited about the party I was going to have and all my friends and my family being together but this like service is a big part of it and so growing up like I really liked my rabbi I respected him the rabbi is like the leader in the Jewish community for those who aren't familiar he's like the one that runs the temple akin to like I assume like a priest or a pastor as someone who's not baptized even I, I couldn't I couldn't relate we're doing excellent here in the religious <laughs> portion of this, but the the, but the sure. rabbi he yeah. runs the temple. He's, he's and an important guy. He's the guy who's up there with me when I get to lead my service. It's really his, but I'm like borrowing it. But I get to do this this Torah portion. Sure. So during my time of you know prepping for my bar mitzvah, it's time for me to like practice my Torah portion. So you meet with like this tutor guy who works at the temple, and he helps you learn Torah, and so. I had actually known how to read Hebrew, like read the letters and the vowels and stuff from learning it in Hebrew school. So other people, I'd say most people, just memorize their Torah portion. Right. Like they don't know what the hell is going on. But yeah. me, like I was following along, like I nice. was, like, felt like I was learning something. And you know, there's no vowels in the Torah, so that's like a part of it too, where I couldn't straight read it, but I knew where I was in the in the portion, like okay. following along. And so like I had like really large print practice materials and everything, and I'm really... I'm really excited and I'm putting a lot of time into it. And I, I go off to, to, you know, to sleepaway camp uh, and I was practicing there as well. And I get home like the second week in August and my bar mitzvah is at the beginning of September. Yeah, is it on the birthday or is it just like a wrap? So like my birthday's in July, but you just have to do oh. it after your birthday. Oh, okay. for, okay. for girls, it could be like 12 or 13, but for guys, it's like 13. Okay. Anyway, I'm really excited for my bar mitzvah, and it comes time for us to go in and have a like a conference with my rabbi. So it's my parents and myself, and we go in to our 
like our like rabbi's conference room, right? And this is like a prep meeting, let's call it. So like you yeah. learn like the cadence of what the service will look like. And I knew like all the prayers I'm gonna have to do and my Torah portion. At this point, I felt very comfortable with the material. Yeah. Uh, and it, this is like kind of like a formality, make you feel comfortable. Like you can go to the, like I've been to the temple a lot of times, obviously, but you can like go to the temple, like, oh, this part will be over here. Like kind of getting a feel for what's going on. Yeah. And my rabbi knew I had a visual impairment. And the reason why that was is my sister, she got bought mitzvah a few years prior. And for her mitzvah project, which is like a thing that you do to like raise money for something, she yeah. raised money to get enlarged sedors, which are the prayer books. Wow. So my temple had them. So I always use these awesome. bigger ones. And it was like a great thing. Can I just pause you for a second? Yeah. I did not know you had a sister. Yeah. She's like three and a half, four years old. I was three and a half. She's awesome. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I, I am aware I that she's I might not know this. this. <laughs> yeah. So I have a sister. She was in, she was in Boston. I'm going up to see her Jesus tomorrow. Christ. Um, yeah. So do have a sister. Okay. And these big prayer books. Yeah. Clutch sister. Being nice. Getting prayer books. And so it helped me out a lot that I had these things right in my uh, in the in the synagogue and also some yeah. older people that lose visions that they like to use them. But yeah, I, I it, it pretty much became like this. This meeting was like a big, big meeting in my life. Yeah. Sorry for the long, dramatic build up here, folks. But I felt like the context is important. Like yeah, for sure. it's like a big deal for my bar mitzvah, and the, the service was imminent. It was time, like, for us to have this conversation, and it started off like very cordial, and we like talked about how excited we were for the day, and then it came time to talk about. Uh, accommodations and again as we've you know we've touched upon like our visual impairment is like a small part of our life yeah. but in you more can, academic settings it comes up more than often yeah. more often than not you're gonna need a large font so the torah is like this huge scroll that like sits in the temple yeah and my plan was i have those huge dome magnifiers that you don't like yes and i'm gonna put the dome magnifier on the torah and i'm gonna move it along like this like some side to side and be able to follow along my Torah portion and read the Torah. Yeah. Perfect plan. And I mean, it seems pretty easy, right? So I said to my rabbi along with my parents, like, yeah, like, well, we have these dough magnifiers. We described to him what they were. Like, I'm going to put it on the Torah. I'll be able to follow along. And he, he stops me in my tracks and he says, what do you mean? Put it on the Torah. I'm like, I'm going to use this magnifying glass and I'm going to move it across on the Torah. And he's like, you can't put anything on the Torah. I'm like, what do you mean I can't put anything on the Torah? He's like, you, you can't touch it, and that's not going to work. I'm like, can we talk about this? And I thought this was a given, that like I was going to need the accommodations yeah. to like read the Torah. And at that point, he, he looks at my parent, and, and he says, he needs to just be able to read Torah. And I'm like... I can like, but I feel like this is a pretty good way to read Torah. Yeah. And we have this like this pretty interesting back and forth. But to give the spark notes of what happened, he pretty much said, in the Jewish faith, not everyone is meant to read Torah, and that only those that are able to do it without accommodation should be reading Torah. And keep in mind, I have spent you spent months from kindergarten for, yeah. from kindergarten through seventh grade in Hebrew school three days a week, like every other student, learning how to do you all this stuff. You can actually read, yeah, Torah. Like, I mean, not without practice, yeah. but like 
I could read Hebrew letters. I could follow along with what was going on. Yeah. And he pretty much looked at me and he said, this isn't for everybody. Well, first off, thanks for the thanks for the update in advance that yeah. the whole thing that I've been working towards my whole for life, years. Uh, I'm not going to be able to do. But then the conversation actually continued to take a much darker turn. And so there was inevitable pushback from my parents and I in this meeting. Of course. Where I said, I, I was like, that's ridiculous. Like, of course I should be able to read Torah. Yeah. And what he went on to say is, so he's like a leader in the conservative movement of Jewish religion and that they have a pretty strict interpretation and that if you can't read it, you're not meant to read it. And my, my, and then, you know, we started to, to think long and hard about this. Like, what other ways can we think about it? So we started like throwing out like a number of like ideas, let's say, like, like brainstorming, but he just wasn't having it. And then a defining moment in my life happened where the rabbi actually looked at me. And this is someone who like, I don't want to say I idolized, but I, I admired yeah. And was is is like a, a, a you know a, he's a, a leader figure. He's and, a leader in the community, and like what is he the one who's teaching these rabbis? The classes? I mean, he's like above the people that like okay. teach the classes. Okay, okay. But yes, like he is a, right. very much a leader in this community, and he he asked me. Uh, I don't even want to say he asked me. He said, "Ethan, are you a poser?" And said that I didn't actually need accommodations, and that I was lying what? about my visual impairment. I kid you not, yes. my parents' jaws and my jaws dropped oh, to the floor. And he, on in this meeting, said that I went through his Hebrew school without any issues. And I've never had a problem. And that I was a poser. And that I didn't actually need these accommodations. And I was just pushing the limits. Bro, that is ridiculous. <laughs> For, uh, yeah. That's that's very small-minded person. Now think about the conundrum. So much of my life, I don't want people, you know, to, yes. to necessarily yes. always think of me as a disabled person. So you play it off. So you play it off. But this is the best example of crazy unforeseen consequences of that decision, yeah. which was I didn't care that much about Hebrew school, so I didn't really ask for accommodations or do much or yeah. go out of my way to make sure I learned the material. And because of all of those sets of choices, he didn't believe that I actually had a visual impairment. I, I, like, way smaller story. Like, in my freshman year of high school, I had a teacher who sucked. And, uh, <laughs> and during one of the parent-teacher conferences, you know, they had, she was like, oh, yeah, like, my parents, like, how is Graham doing? Like, and, and basically, bottom line, she was like, oh, yeah, Graham's doing great. He can, like, read everything on the board. And my parents were like, uh, pretty sure he can't do that. And when I, like, we talked about this earlier. When I, like, sit in, when I used to sit in class, I, I, I don't really do this as much, but I would, like, kind of pretend that I was looking at the board and being like, yeah, I know what's happening, even though I had no, no fucking idea. idea. No idea. Like, I don't know what that innate drive is to be like, yeah, I, I can see what's happening even though I can't. But, like, so I relate to you in the fact that, like, I've been there where I've made people think that it's easier for me than it is. But the fact that this guy took it to a whole extra level to accuse you of faking a disability is so right? obvious. <laughs> I love that you can relate to this. That, yeah. that makes you feel really good. Yeah. But for me, this is like a, a turning point where like, this is a big deal in my life. Yeah. And he pretty much said two things. 
you were lying about your disability, which is a crazy claim. And two, you, I'm denying you access from something you care about a lot. And for no reason other than, you know, BS, honestly. So my parents and I left that meeting and I'll never forget it. We got in the car and all of us looked at each other like, did that really just happen? Like, that's a reaction I've never gotten before yeah. and feedback that I've never seen. And so we started to do some research. And we tried to find if we can get a large print you Torah. found his address and you murdered him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a next week's Criminal Minds episode. Yeah, for all those rabbi, murder podcasts. Rabbi, guys. <laughs> I don't know how we keep this. I think it's great. So essentially, we started doing some research. And I'm in seventh grade. I'm 13. And I Google on the internet like all these different things. And I find some guy in California who's like a scribe. Mm. Like he's like a guy who writes Torah and I was going to get him to write just my Torah portion yeah. on like parchment and bring it in to the temple. Rabbi says, no, that's not going to work. Why? Then, you know, I was trying to find these companies that have large print, sidor, uh, large print uh, Torahs. Oh, the yeah. the Sidor is a pair of books, much lower to lift. Torah, huge deal, like really hard yeah. to get, very expensive. Uh, it, we couldn't get it logistically to work by the time yeah. I needed to have my bar mitzvah. And again, the, the bar mitzvah is like it's a year planned. of planning. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it's like you get your date like four years in yeah. advance. Yeah. So maybe, like, maybe more than that, <laughs> four years in advance. Crazy. Yeah. So like we're, we're like out of luck, but like I care a lot about this at this point, not because I'm not Jewish. I was like pretty Jewish though. Yeah. But more so because this guy is being a bully and got in my way, essentially. Yeah. And so we tried all these different avenues. He pretty much said no to everything. And eventually, uh, he first off finally started to believe that I had a visual impairment. That took a while. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't say he held up two fingers, but it pretty much got pretty, pretty close. Jesus Christ. Um, and then the second thing was we started to put pressure on him with like other people at the synagogue, like people that have been members for a long time or like yeah. people on the board that like know who I am. And yeah. like, like, hey, this they're kid, like, this, this kid is, is blind. They're like, yeah, like that. <laughs> but also like, this isn't cool. Like yeah. you can't do this. But he was like pretty staunch in his, in his sentiment. And after like a lot of gnawing and yelling and I would say a series of the worst meetings that I've had to be a part of for myself personally, Woof. I did get bar mitzvahed and read Torah and put, and what we ended up doing was using the big dome magnifier. And you like hold it slightly above. Yeah, yeah. Paper. And someone was like hovering it above and whatever. But I read Torah in his temple with an accommodation. And Fuck that guy, bro. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we can't use like the little pointer thing when you're holding the thing on it. I'm like, great. I don't need your pointer thing. And like, yeah. like they're like, oh, and I'm like, how is it different than the people that have like glasses? How is yeah. a magnifier different than glasses? Like I didn't, I didn't find I it to like be that different. Fucking magnifying glass or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like I'm in a spy movie. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm in a kid's kit. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I just mean to say like, I think the story of like, really being you know dealing with someone that just i i thought was a really good person he's in the role for being a good person and yeah. getting that reaction like fundamentally changed my outlook on 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 religion to be honest and so what happened was i got bar mitzvah and 
I think the most mature thing I did at 13 years old was I looked at my parents and I said, I had a fantastic bar mitzvah, but I need to go to a different temple. Because if they don't want me, I don't want them. I don't want them. And so, quick, we blow through the rest of this story. I went to a reform temple, which means, for simple terms, less religious after that. Gotcha. Where in ninth grade, I joined like their like the youth group there, and I was in it for four years, like a vice president of the the, the, the temple and the youth group. Cool. And I was the youngest single member of the temple, where I joined as an individual person <laughs> at age fifteen, <laughs> and I never forgot it. And I told them the story about what happened to me. Yeah. And just like feeling accepted and feeling like there was a place for me in this like greater Jewish community. And then I got to go to Israel this summer on birthright as well. Yeah. Like I'm not a religious person at all anymore. I don't, I don't go to temple. I celebrate the holidays with my family. And yeah. again, like the cultural aspect of Jewish and like, Oh, you know, Jewish people, like we probably have friends of friends playing Jewish geography as they call <laughs> it. Like all that still plays. Yeah. But I think that in a crazy way, my visual impairment, dictated the outcome of my religious beliefs because I can't imagine I want to be in a place that doesn't want me. And I did find a place in that community that did want me, but I think a little bit of the damage had been done. Yeah. No, I mean, that's... It's terrible, you know, that... You know, I'm I'm sure in some ways... I don't know if this is true or not, but I feel like in some ways, you know, it shaped you to be who you are. But, like, at the same time... As a as a twelve year old or just turned thirteen year old, to have somebody that essentially you almost look up to or you know you garner with a ton of respect, to have them flip flop and become basically what is worst in this world to you and me, to people who not only say you can't participate because of your low vision, but on top of that, I don't even believe you. Unbelievable. Unbelievably, two terrible bullshit things to happen. Um. So, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that guy, that's right. He lost what was a pretty good member. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Um, I also feel like... Um, I don't know what I was going to say. I feel like yeah. so infrequently are we denied access to things. Yeah. But I think that the ones that... Oh, I, and, like, being denied access, like, you know, just like anyone, I can't have access to any and all opportunity, right? Like... Some of that, almost never does that have to do with my vision if I can't do something. Yeah. But in the scenario in which I can do something and I'm just being told I can't, that's unbelievably bad. And I don't, I, I, I can't get around it. And being from a person like that, I just, it just hit different. But when yeah. I think back to like, what are the stories of my life that have been like most impactful to me? That's up there and it's not up there for a vision reason, but it's my vision that got me the story, right? Um. So actually, you saying this is bringing up actually a story for me that is actually in some ways pretty similar. Um, so as I've mentioned on this podcast, unfortunately more than once, I like math and was good at math. We like math. We like math, yes. And in seventh grade, there was an opportunity to, instead of being placed in advanced math, be put into the year above in math. And... I was a good math student, and I, as I said, yeah, I wasn't top of the top class or whatever in seventh grade, um, and part of that was because I was just dealing with my vision, and like, and I had this teacher who was really great, and um, you know, I I started to do well again in math, and I was starting to really like it, like, 
Um, it was just starting to really click for me. And it was like kind of the only class I was crushing and it felt nice to be good at it. Um, and basically when it came down to decide who got put into the like next grade, who got bumped up to the next grade, which only a few kids got. Um, and I, I'm going to say like not 100% sure that I was going to get it or not, but I really wanted to and like I thought I could. And I met with the teacher and basically what happened is she told me, you know, you're not going to be put into the class. And I was like, well, why? And she was like, well, your vision slows down the class. And oh, man. you being in the class, I will move the, you know, it will be too slow and whatever. Like basically because of your vision, you slow down the class. And like, that's why essentially is what she said to me. Um, and if she wanted to tell me that I wasn't smart enough to be in the class, fine, whatever. Totally but different. like her using that point to be the reason I didn't get put in the class was something that stuck with me for a long time. Um, and definitely, I guess, put a chip on my shoulder, but hurt a lot. Because I really, I thought this teacher is a great teacher. And maybe she didn't mean to say what she said, but... I never forgot those words because I heard that and I was like, what the fuck? Like, and, and like, and she wasn't like, there was a couple times where like I couldn't read the board and she, she showed me what it was. And, and then I thought back, I was like, she didn't fucking need to do that shit though. Like I could have figured it out by myself. Um, and I was just very frustrated that that was the reason why. Um, and I will say, side note, after that, you know, the AMC, the American math competition? No, I do. Um, there's like, there's a thing that you can do and, um, every year, you, you know, it, it's basically, there's 25 questions. The questions get harder and harder in middle school. They just do it based off how many get right. Um, and then that next year in eighth grade, I scored the highest in my, in my school, in my grade for my class, um, on the AMC. And I was like, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which how, is not necessarily. How does she like 300 level? Middlebury CS classes. Yeah. Swallowing them down over there. Yeah. I mean, then I went on to be a math major also. So, you know. Um, but I just, like, you know, it just, that sucked. I kind of forgot. I didn't forget about that, but, like, that was kind of pushback. So you telling that story definitely reminded me of that uh, that shit as well. It's those people in so-called high places that, like, we look up to in some sense, right? Yeah. That it, just, it, it feels different because... I always joke around, like, I found out my dad wasn't Santa Claus a few years ago. Like, not that I, again, I'm Jewish, so that the analogy still plays, though. But it's like, oh, like, he's like a regular real person, right? But I think with people like this, like, realizing that they can make, like, the same human mistakes or naivety that we get from the rest of the population, I think yeah. can be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it... it if she had told me, like, you're just not good enough to be in the class, bada boom, you're done, like, that would have still been upset, but, like, I would have took it on the chin and moved on. Absolutely. Maybe not as 13, I maybe would have been a little more upset, but I still would have moved on. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be here talking about it. And no, no it's not just because we have a podcast about being blind. You wouldn't be talking about it ever because... No, because who fucking gives a shit? Yeah, exactly. It yeah. doesn't change anything. Still went on to be a math major. Still do math. Although, like, to be fair, I got to talk about how I was great at baseball when I was eight, so... Pretty good podcast. <laughs>
you know, like being able to reconcile all of our great successes yeah. and failures <laughs> yeah, from I our did primes. Spend an hour talking about all my running. <laughs> oh my god! If yeah. anyone's interested, we're gonna do a, a special episode where Graham just lists times. <laughs> It's already happened, unfortunately. Oh no, part uh, two, electric boogaloo. And then, <laughs> dude, great records. <laughs> oh uh, man, they're gonna have us on the Always Sunny pod, bro. Yeah, dude, I would be down. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd be game. I'd, I'd be willing to swallow the swallow that pill. <laughs> oh man, I'm surprised uh, they haven't done a whole blind episode. I feel like they will. Yeah, they definitely could. Like Curb's done it. Yeah. What are the media's done? Yeah, I mean, the same fucking blind jokes every time, though. But um, I know that was a little bit of a heavier topic today, everybody, but appreciate you listening. It's cool to have a space to share the story, myself and Graham as well, where, yeah. you know, it's not all, it's not all rainbows Sunshine and unicorns. Rainbows. Also, like, I think, like, this speaks to, like, why I love making the podcast with you. Is like, you told a story that in some ways I couldn't relate to at all, but in other ways I could relate to perfectly. I think it's more the second. You had a full-on story that pretty much was yeah, the same right afterwards. Right, you're you, know, right. you know, you know, it's decent. Yeah. It's decent. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. If you heard anything important today, it's that I was right. So remember <laughs> yeah, that, everyone. Fuck Go follow us on Instagram.